Hey everybody, welcome to the Gen Church Podcast. A podcast about everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family because of Jesus for generations to come. My name's John, I'm the engagement pastor here, and I'm sitting here today with Kyle Davies, our lead pastor. Live! Yes. On Facebook, at Yes, least. we are live on Facebook. We're trying out something new today. Super excited about it. We always encourage uh, those of you that listen to feel free to submit questions, make comments, ask for clarification, because we want this to be a conversation and not just us uh, lecturing and throwing stuff out there. Feel free to comment back with us. So every week, we're going to try and go live with this. So feel free to check out our Facebook page. Uh, Tuesdays around 2.30 to 3, we'll be going live with this. And Pacific we're super- Standard Time. Exactly, Pacific Time. So man, if we have people watching from the East Coast back home, poor them. It's like 6.30. That's not fun. Wait. No, man, 5.30. 5.30. Man, John is not known for his ability to change time zones. I'm I'm still struggling with it. But for those of you who are listening to our podcast right now, like we are so excited for this and hope that this is just another avenue in which can just add to the uh, ability of what this podcast can be. And so, Kyle, we're going to jump right in today. Let's do this. This past weekend, we continued the Give Over Get series. And you went to Matthew, and I actually want to start um, with that, that we went to the book of Matthew, we went to a section called the Sermon on the Mount, and we see Jesus sitting on the side of the mountain, yeah. begins a conversation to his disciples, and shortly after this, uh, when he sits down and begins to uh, teach with them, he made this clarification that this message was for the disciples, mm-hmm. but there are many people there that were overhearing this conversation. Yeah. So let's first kind of get on the same page What is the difference between a disciple and an overhearer? So a disciple is someone who's actively following Jesus. They're moving in a direction of learning from Jesus. They've been following him. Uh, They have submitted their self under the authority of Jesus. And so what we see at this time period is we've seen a growing group of people who, as you look throughout the scriptures, who observe Jesus. It talks about really large crowds uh, watching Jesus, wanting him to do miracles. Well, those people are all kind of observers. They're these overhearers, but there's a difference between that group of people who are even curious and overhearing versus those who have said, yes, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And if you actually go to John chapter 1 and John chapter 2, you see Jesus be very intentional with inviting people to come and see and then follow him. And throughout the scriptures, you see these some of these people come and go who are actively following Jesus and some people who take a step back and are yeah. moved back into that over here, over kind of observer stage. And so the stage that Jesus is at in his ministry now, he's almost two, two and a half years into his ministry. He's getting ready to unleash these disciples, these select few as almost apostles of saying, hey, you're going to be leaders of this movement. You need to understand what it looks like to truly embody my character and priorities. And so he prepares these disciples. You could almost say it's an ordination sermon. So someone just are really preparing them to understand what life in the kingdom is like. Throughout all the other Gospels, you see him unpack some of this, but specifically the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew puts all of Jesus' teaching around this life in the kingdom right together in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 in preparation for these soon-to-be apostles to be sent out. Okay, so to clarify, you're... The way in which you identify a disciple is someone who has received the invitation of come check out who Jesus is. They begin hearing and they decide that they want to they want to lean in, they want to follow, they want to 
uh, almost test the waters and pursue Jesus. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. And to use some of our language around Generations Churches, we would say a disciple is someone who is engaging in relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. who is embodying his character and priorities, so actively choosing mm-hmm. to live out the character and priorities of Jesus, and then extending that to others. So what you see is these disciples are are clearly engaging in relationship with Jesus. They're adopting the characters and priorities. And then they're, they're also, you see them, Jesus sends them out. They're extending that same opportunity that was afforded to them to others. Yeah. And so, again, they're at different stages in their spiritual journey. They're all at different places. They don't yeah. know it all. I mean, we see that in Peter. Like, yeah. he continues to, to develop as a disciple way mm-hmm. after this Sermon on the Mount. So, again, you don't have to have it all together. Yeah. But specifically for kind of our generation's church language is it's someone who's engaged Mm. who's embodying and someone who is extending okay and so with that kind of distinction you have these kind of two categories of people how would you suggest to those two people to interact with this would they interact similarly a little bit different what would you encourage those two type of listeners the disciples and the overhearers absolutely so if if you're someone who's in the observer category what i would say is keep observing Keep watching and go ahead and take that next step. So so if you see something in Jesus' character or priority, something that he does, how he acts to another person or something that you just see is, is really powerful, like give over, get, yeah. go ahead and try it. Go ahead and try that so that it takes you to that next step of something who's just kind of watching it, but you've not personally said, you know what, I'm willing to do something in response to go from engaged to embody means that you ha- there's an action mm. piece. There's, some, there's, an, there's an ownership. So if you're in an observer category, you've got to go to, okay, you've got to decide, I'm going to adopt this p- character trait or I'm going to adopt this priority into my own life and begin to live it out. And if you're someone who, who again, who, who is a, a, in that disciple category, what you've got to make sure is that you're not just absorbing it and you're not just embodying it, but then you're also operating offering others that same opportunity yeah and so there's that extension piece Mm -hmm. and so you've got to make sure you're fitting in all three categories so that the family of god is expanded yeah i got you and i like how you use some of that terminology Um, it's actually stuff that we've probably heard you say a lot of of uh, the choices in which we make and what it looks like to adopt Jesus's priorities and characteristics. And it's funny that we go into this series of give over, get, yeah. which is one of our values. And all our values are kind of centered around uh, different choices in which we make. Mm-hmm. So give over, get. You choose to live a life of generosity rather than a life of what you can get. It's a choice to do that. Yeah. And within that, what you encourage is mm-hmm. for us to do that is that we adopt the characteristics and priorities of Jesus and it's funny because that's how you began this value series. Yes. Last week, you really kind of hit on the priority aspect of it, of where our priorities kind of laid out. Um, yeah. What is priority in our life? Is yeah. Jesus or other things? And this week, you kind of made uh, kind of that transition to the character aspect. Mm-hmm. And so I guess my first question is, is there uh, an intentionality between uh, your emphasis on priority then characteristic? or? Well, I think... It's funny. We got some stuff going on outside. I don't know if you can hear that. Got to oh, love yeah. recording a podcast in an apartment. Hey, man. At least they're cleaning up outside. I was I'm cool. Say they're it, clean. So, so here, here's what I would say is the reason I started with the priorities is because it's, again, it's observable. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an external choice that, that demands action. 
So what it does is you can see when someone has a certain set of priorities because they're making a choice. They have a certain set of behaviors. There, there's actions there. Yeah. Character is a little bit different because it's it's internal. Mm. It's the it's the attitude, the the posture of the heart, so to speak. Okay. And again, it's easier to say, man, I, I think I want to adopt that way of life for my own when you see someone choose certain things. The mm. challenge is the reason it, it usually starts with observing something in someone else's life. So you see an action, you see, mm. you see a priority in someone else's life. But the only way it's sustainable mm. is to be, have, see that internal shift be fueled by something that is actually sustainable. In this case, what I would say is the motivation, the character has to be fueled in connection to Jesus. So it can't be, can't be motivated and fueled by pure just willpower because eventually like, yeah, it gets exhausting. It gets tiring. You, you run out of energy unless your internal really life mindset motivation is captured and reoriented around around Jesus, yeah. around around a a greater love, I guess so to speak. Mm. So uh, your internal love has to be for for Jesus, and the way of Jesus has to be greater than maybe self preservation, or in the case of give or get, wanting to receive mm. more. And so typically, we observe someone on the external choice kind of priority area but then how is that sustainable and that's where we move to the internal disposition Mm. of the heart the attitudes and just just the character so would i be right in almost identifying character as being an inward expression and priority being an outward expression yeah yeah it's that internal change so Mm. so when we talk about the character change it's the innate the internal that mind shift heart shift okay that leads to an outward expression, that priority. So, so really you have an internal and an external mm. and they, they work um, well together. They, so sometimes you have to discipline yourself yeah. from outward actions and behaviors. And then you really need the, the internal to sustain the outward action that you've mm. now disciplined, gotcha. maybe disciplined yourself in your life. So it goes very similar to how you kind of identify a disciple and an overhear in a sense where you'd almost encourage an overhear, hey, come and see, come be a part and just kind of partake in some of this yes. stuff in which we do and then allow that to lead into the why aspect that we do and allow that to lead into the transform life in which you talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And we're always clear about the why from the outset. The why is always because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So the the why, again, stated clearly in our vision, you know, we're, we're a community of everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family together because of Jesus for yeah. generations to come. So that why is crystal clear. But again, people don't always see the why. Mm-hmm. They see the choice. They see the, the, the result or the consequence of yeah. the why. So again, we got to make sure that the, the behaviors, the external result matches up to the why and that's really yeah. where the values come through is they help match up external priorities mm. our choices help match it up to that to that yeah. why because i mean that even goes pretty similar into what we talk about with progress over perfection in a yes. sense that 
someone who's just stepping into Christianity, who might say, I've heard about this Jesus, I want to I want to go all in and give it a shot, their character isn't going to be perfect from the beginning. Yeah. It's going to be a progression of them trying uh, to work on it. And yeah. it, that's what we talk about with that progress. We choose to allow people to come into this progress, mm-hmm. understanding there are going to be pitfalls. There are going to be road yeah. bumps in which we mess up. But allowing that, because I love how you talked about this value this weekend. It's not that we do all this stuff out of the motivation to earn a bunch of things mm-hmm. or to get a bunch of stuff. But it's more in a, you kind of said it's in response to yes. what we've already received. Yes. Um, and it's not receiving of possessions, but it's the receiving of what Jesus sacrificed. Yeah. This eternal life in which um, we're given. We receive that when yeah. we enter in. Um, to this discipleship process, yeah. we we take our cue from Jesus. Yeah, is is, is where we're at. Is that because of Jesus? Is a, it's not just a I'm going to respond to Jesus purely in a, in a sense of because He's my Savior, but also because He gives us the model that which we want to pattern our life. And yeah. so and so we see His mission is worth being a part of. Uh, he provides the motivation mm-hmm. to to live a life that is a reflection of what God originally intended us to be. Mm. And it helps us really be fully human from external choices as well as an internal disposition. So with almost this shift in thinking of kind of this give over get that we're doing this in response, how would how do you think that should affect almost our response to this give over get thing when we begin to have that kind of mindset shift of we do this out of response to what has already happened and what we've already received. You always joke and keep saying, uh, the more you give, the more you receive. Mm -hmm. And when we realize that we've already received more than we can ever give because of Jesus, how does that affect almost our mind shift when it comes to our um, characteristic towards give over get? What what I think it really allows us to do is, when frankly, when we feel like giving up, Mm -hmm. it, it helps us keep going. I think there's a point at which we all come to when we ask the question, is it worth it? How will people respond? When we ask another question of, you know, should I even keep going? Should should I keep, you know, giving more, you know, what like and what what we go back to is when we recognize what Jesus has done for us, the fact that he gave up his life for us. Yeah. He 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 gave his whole life to show us what it looks like to be human, to be in right relationship with God, mm-hmm. and then ultimately remove the penalty of our sin through his death and resurrection on the cross that we can have that right relationship with God mm-hmm. and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit through faith. When we have access to that means we have direct access to God. Yeah. That's and if again, Creator God sustains us in all of life, means we we really have access to the fullest life because of Jesus. And so, what we can do then is when we feel like giving up, or wonder if it's worth it to keep going, yeah. or if I decide to do something different, will will people notice? What you know, if I if I shift that perspective from give to to get. Will will there will it mean anything? And what honestly is what it does is it shows an inconsistency when we're unwilling to continue to give um, and start to really look at what we get. We there's an inconsistency with the gospel because we see Jesus who does give it all, yeah. and we're supposed to pattern our life and our way after Him. And so what give over get really reminds us is again we do get we did get something. Yeah. See, it's not it's not give or get. It's give over get. There is a, there is a something that we received. 
We receive life to the full. We receive a forever family. Yeah. We receive people uh, who who are different from in all different walks of life stories and backgrounds who actually get to put their arms around us and say, like, it's all right, you can, you can keep going. You're not yeah. alone in this. Like, or even people who have got who live have lived a longer life say, Man, I've been there and here's what I learned. So we receive wisdom, uh, we receive encouragement, and the same thing from yeah. old to young, but it's also, you know, sometimes those who of us who are younger can bring just energy and encouragement yeah. to to those who are older and say, like, yeah, it's like we're in this together. Like you don't have to, you know, all is not lost. We don't have to give it, you know, all up. But in the sense of it's not over, mm. we can continue to give, we can continue to love, we can continue to really just be for and be with each other yeah. because we have Jesus who gave it, gave it all for us and yeah. gave us the right relationship with God through his death mm. and resurrection and also gave us that right relationship uh, with God. And, and what that means is, is we get to be with God forever. So, so okay. there's, an, there's an eternal reward yeah. that we get to be with him forever on a new heaven and new earth. Yeah, that's, that's a fun shift in mind. But let me, let's kind of bring this into a very practical sense. Um, we'll get to the three individuals you talked <laughs> about in the beginning, because uh, I want to elaborate on that. But before we get there, what... What would you recommend to somebody who's done really well about kind of making this shift in priority for this Mm -hmm. give over get? They've uh, kind of lived out this lifestyle of what it looks like to give of their time, money, relationships. They're they're doing well with a priority. They're beginning to put Jesus first in all aspects of their life, Mm -hmm. but they're struggling with seeing the characters change. They Mm -hmm. either might feel burnt out. They might feel kind of angry, resentful in the fact that Mm. I'm not seeing any return out of this, like tangible kind of thing. Mm. What would you encourage someone who's maybe struggling with the internal uh, character change of this, this transformation we talk about? Yeah, I I think that's one, that's a great question because I think we have to identify what is the frustration there? Like what, as you, as you look internally and you look at your own, is it, is it, have you hit a wall? Have you, uh, have you thought that the, what all this external action is going to bring you a reward? Have, have you found your identity in this external action? Mm-hmm. That, that, Cause that's what typically when I see this, it's the identity piece gets so wrapped up with the external action, the external appearance, the the image management. And so what tends to happen is, okay, I'm doing all this stuff and we get caught up in the doing and we find our so- sense of self, we find our sense of fulfillment, we find our, our sense of identity in this, in this doing mm. and we forget the reason why we are doing it. And what I would say is there has to be a return to a enjoyment of... God, that the first thing we have to come back to do is to remember that we're doing all these things because of of Jesus. And so what it means is we have to return and go back to saying, okay, so who is God? Mm. What has he done for us? And who does that make me? Mm. So we don't just need to identify what, what the barrier is as far as like, is it because you're finding your identity? Is it, is it because you're finding a sense of fulfillment there? Uh, is it because you feel like you have to keep up appearances, mm. you know, because, because say, say you change something there, yeah. but really going back and to, to reframe the picture and say, okay, who is God? 
What does it look like to, to enjoy God and get to know God and allow your connection and relationship with God and who he says you are mm-hmm. to then to then spill over and motivate the, the, the response. And I think and I think the the other piece of this, as you mentioned, you know, kind of hitting that barrier that mm-hmm. or that or that resentment, like why why is this not not changing? Why is this not? I think sometimes it's because we want an immediate and spontaneous change. Yeah. We are so used to getting things right now, right away. Yeah. And oftentimes we, we have a certain perspective about what we think they should look like. Yeah. And what we got to remember is following Jesus is a lifelong journey. So we may not always have the full picture right then and there. And the, the response that we think and the change that we, should, we think we need to achieve right now is actually God is more concerned with a lifelong formation and a move into Christ likeness. Yeah. You know, he says all things work together, you know, for his good. And so stepping out of our kind of limited perspective and remember God's working a bigger plan, a bigger picture together, mm. uh, not just in my life, but in others' lives. And so this change is just returning to, okay, your relationship with Jesus, who God says you are, mm. And then making sure that that's consistent, because sometimes when we hit that barrier, when we, yeah. when we feel like all we're doing is pouring out, what we've actually done is we've exchanged mm. uh, these these behaviors and these actions for an actual relationship with God. Gotcha. And so so we we've shifted, and again, what always has to be primary is our is is our connection with Jesus, which means taking time to to read. Mm the Bible, taking time to pray, taking time to ask the Holy Spirit, okay, what is the best use of my priorities? What is the best use of these choices? Mm-hmm. And allow the Holy Spirit to, to guide through uh, yeah. his word. It's funny because I had a conversation uh, earlier this week with someone and they go, man, I, I've read some of these passages like a hundred times and they just couldn't believe that. Like They're like, I don't know how I never noticed it before. <laughs> and there was just this joy on the person's face and there was this mm. smiling. And it was like, we've been talking about what it looks like to read the Bible and spend time with God and giving them all kinds of practical tools. And the, they had always thought about it or, or even, even kind of desired because that's what you're supposed yeah. to do, kind of the, the shoulds and oughts. But what happened is when they actually took the time and just said, okay, here it is. And it, and what it was, it was an opening. It wasn't, it was even in the time with Jesus. Yeah. It wasn't a, I got to do this to get something out of it. Mm. It was almost, it was an openness to say, I have nowhere, nowhere else to go. I have nowhere else to turn. Okay. I'm here. Say, say it was, it was an ability to be, mm. to be shaped by God to actually an ability to, to almost openness to be received. And you see yeah. all just kinds of, kinds of joy and just what they talked about, what they wanted to do with the rest of the week, like how that just motivated them yeah. to, to take all these kinds of next steps because mm-hmm. there was that first, that relationship and connection. God, that was that was honest, that was open, yeah. that was, they had identified some barriers before and was willing to, mm-hmm. to deal with them. So you'd almost encourage someone who's kind of struggling in this, in this sense of, I have the priority of give over again. I'm doing really good about... Uh, giving my time, money, relationship of my life, I'm giving it to Jesus. You would encourage that maybe to focus in on, you know, you might be giving a lot. Are you allowing yourself to receive Jesus? Yeah. 
Are you spending time where you, what we talked about with uh, meditation, it's not empty yourself out, but allow yourself to be filled by God. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. It's like you can't, you can't pour water out of an empty cup. Yeah. It's like the, the cup has to be, has to be full. Mm. And so there has to be something in there. Cause again, what, yeah. what, whatever is in will, will come out. Yeah. And so if, you're, if you're finding it hard to serve, if mm. you're finding, uh, if you're finding frustration in that, yeah. you have to return to the primacy of, are are you in connection with Jesus, and what yeah. does that connection look like, and are you mm. are you are you disciplined in that to the point of that it's not drudgery, but there's actual delight. Yeah, that there's love out of, I am receiving God's blessing. I, His Spirit is alive and active in me, and that's where I find my joy. I find my peace. I find my happiness in the midst of this life. Yeah, um, and sometimes that frustration comes, and we, we think we, we compare mm. what others' joy, what others' peace looks like, and yeah. even in some of the way they articulate it. I mean, there are probably people yeah. right now who are listening to me talk about this, and even go back to your earlier question, like, Kyle, I, I'm not sensing that. I'm not feeling that. I still feel a little barrier. And yeah. I, I just go back. Some of the way it takes shape in your life may not exactly look, look exactly the same at, in, in my life. And yeah. so rather than comparing the amount of joy or the amount of peace or the amount of it's just returning to that initial, again, the, the primacy of, are you connected with Jesus? Is there an openness there? Is it is there a desire there? And, and recognizing that that discipline, given enough time, mm. will turn into delight, which will then motivate you, um, and and provides. I guess I should say provides sustained motivation mm. to continue to put give over get. Yeah, and that's where the term hope is is super helpful. Yeah, because it's it's that anticipation that mm. that we will receive and be part of a new heaven and new earth when we are found in Jesus. Yeah. And so we will get our, there is a, there is a reward. Yeah. There is a reward. There is an inheritance waiting for us. Yeah. It's just not always immediate. Yeah. And we can live and give as we wait for that. Yeah. Eternal reward. And you, you started your sermon this weekend. You gave three stories. I think this will help even take us from, moderately abstract to a little bit more even concrete in a sense because it's really easy to kind of talk about this in a big picture yeah. i think this might even zero us in even yeah. more and so you gave example of three people we'll just kind of go through them individually yeah. real quick uh the first one was carla and you kind of told this little paragraph about her and basically what it came down to is that she's tired because she shows up every week to serve at the food pantry and her initial excitement that she had it's declining Mm -hmm. And now it's actually turning into a frustration as it seems that she's the only one who's really serving and that most, not many more people have really jumped on the wagon mm -hmm. of helping out at this food pantry. Um, what is the root of this struggle? What would you encourage her? What is this relation to the motivation? Yeah. And I, when, as I was writing this story, they, these are, these are kind of fictional stories, but they're, they're stories that I've heard. Time and time and time again. And so I think the, the root of Carla's struggle is, in some way, is, is comparison. Mm. It's, it's she, she wants others to be like hers and is, and is mm. disappointed 
that that others haven't gotten on on board with that and so this comparison is is it's almost like she she thought she could get others to get involved and that she would she had a little more control or influence yeah. over others um or even you know felt felt powerless to, to make a difference and so she she wanted others to get around and so yeah. what what she ceases to to recognize is that that God is in control mm. that likely if she's there serving there are others there serving with her and just because the people who she wants to mm. serve alongside of her doesn't mean there aren't others they're serving who aren't yeah. involved in ministry and mm. so what, what i see with carla is uh, a failure to almost recognize that that god is great mm. and so that she like that she recognizes that she's not in control yeah and so she can't make other people serve she can't make other people be yeah. like her it, it's not a, it's not a force of the will and so what that does is it lets the pressure off of mm. She can simply serve, find enjoyment, and maybe as she, you know, the people who she's looking for to serve that aren't serving, she can actually find appreciate. She can appreciate and find some commonality, and actually maybe even form some new friendships of with the people that that that, that are serving. And so, I would say the root of it go back to some of that framework that I stated earlier. Mm. Who is God? What is he like? Which means in our identity, and then we respond out of that. Okay. And so, going back to remembering that it's God's in control, so Carla uh, doesn't have to to be in control. Okay, I like it. Let's jump down to the next one. You mentioned this guy named James, and that he's used to being the go-to guy who could do it all. People always came to him because he he kind of enjoyed it. He's like, people came to me, mm-hmm. and I could get it done. But recently, it's become a lot, and there's a lot of um, things he's being asked of that he, what, if he had known about (laughs) it when he first signed up, he would have been kind of hesitant, because some of them have become um, some odd tasks, and it's become a kind of a workload that's difficult to maintain, but he has almost this image that he wants to keep up. Where, what would you say here? What's your encouragement in this moment? Yeah, I, I, two things here. James needs to remember that uh, his identity and status before God isn't contingent upon the approval of others. Mm. And so it sounds like, uh, and again, writing, writing this one, uh, James, he was doing a lot of this because he, he, liked, to be, he liked to be the center. Yeah. And he felt filled up and encouraged through through the approval of others. Mm-hmm. And again, that, that approval can be can be taken away. And so James needs to remember that his satisfaction mm-hmm. it isn't found in doing good for others. His satisfaction is found uh, in God. So another yeah. way to say it, kind of, if you go back to Carla, hey, God is great. Uh, I think for James is like, God is good. Yeah. Um, and so just, just for James to remember that, so that he doesn't have to seek his satisfaction yeah. uh, and approval and find that achievement and through the eye through the eyes of others. Yeah, it's not the applause of others. Yes, uh, I liked it. You had a fun joke about trumpets uh, yes. this weekend and everything. And so, if you guys want to know about that, go back and listen to the sermon recording, which yeah. is online and on our all our platforms as well. 
because um, that is a very similar thing to what you're talking about. As yeah. we do it for um, the glorification from others yeah. instead of glorifying God. Yeah, and, and what we do is we rely on that to motivate us. Mm. But what happens is is we feel like we have to keep doing that. And like like James here is, what happens if that's taken away? Like, does that change people's perception of him? Yeah. Because that's no longer... Mo- at some point, like some of these requests that he's getting to do the good deed isn't enough motivation. Yeah. Like the, the applause isn't isn't enough to yeah. What, to, what to is, have, what is yeah. that threshold? Yeah, yeah. It's it's what it, yeah, exactly. What is that threshold? Mm. And there is always going to be a barrier to that threshold when you're motivated by the applause of others. Yeah. Okay. I like it. And let's hop down to the last one. Uh, this one's Lloyd. And Lloyd has become the person that everyone just <laughs> unloads on. He's the one that I uh, was kind of a little too nervous to speak up yeah. uh, to kind of put his, almost just to put his opinion or his feelings out there. Yeah. And everyone's just like, wow, this person's a fantastic listener. And everyone uh, speaks in him and just a lot of stuff going on. And even this person's afraid to speak up at opportunities that sound of interest because it would take away from mm-hmm. others. So what is your encouragement to Lloyd for the motivation here. Yeah, I Lloyd seems like a very fearful person. Mm-hmm. He he seems as someone who is who is unsure. Again, if he, it's similar to James, how will others respond if if I take a step that's out of out of the characteristic that that I've demonstrated mm-hmm. before? And even will you know? Almost will he be rejected? Yeah. And that, again, not to get too deep into that to the psyche, there. But what I would encourage Lloyd is to remember who is, whose perspective, mm. is, holds the most weight in his life. Yeah. Does he? And this this is framed up as a question: Is does he fear? the the rejection or the opinion of others more so than the the perspective and the the opinion of God. Mm. And so a way a way I guess another way to say it, to kind of stay on on the, the kind of the God is is I would say, you know, God is glorious. Mm. So Lloyd doesn't have to fear others. And that's yeah. that's what I would really move to is say Look, like you don't have to fear putting yourself out there because because yeah. even in the sense of God is great he God is in control so don't don't let others opinions of you deter you from giving don't let that be your identity don't let that be your identity don't let that be the deterrent because ultimately what God says is yeah. God God says when, when we're found in Christ he's like you're my child you're mine like you're you're my heir you're my friend you're my co-worker mm. and so when we put ourselves out there sometime, we're remembering that we're not doing that in isolation. Yeah. We're not doing that by our own strength and our own power. But especially if God is leading us, that we can insert ourselves yeah. and knowing that we're not alone in the work. Yeah. You know, for Lloyd, you know, for him, he's like, he's just too nervous to speak up or too nervous to insert himself yeah. or to suggest something else or even... You know, for him, I picture him as the guy as he hears a need. You know, someone's got a broken sink and, mm. you know, like he's too nervous to just show up and help them fix their sink. And it's like, well, is that stepping on people's toes? Is that getting in mm. people's ways to say, don't wait for them to reach out to you. You take the initiative and reach out and trust 
that in the midst of that, that being obedient to God in that way, being faithful to who he has said you are and is calling you to be actually will do more work in the long run and actually will will be better, not just for your soul, but will will paint a better picture of, of God in the life of that other, Mm. of the other person. So Lloyd, you don't have to fear others. (laughs) Carla, you don't have to be in control. You know, James, you don't have to get your, your satisfaction Mm-hmm. you know, from, from the applause of others. Yeah, I like that. I think those are some really good practical examples of um, just kind of struggles in which, I mean, I've heard some people who've had very similar struggles, and I think that's a really good framework uh, to be identifying who God is, um, and that almost releases kind of that um, barrier, that um, almost identity threshold in which yeah. we, uh, this image that this world picked paints for us that we have to yeah. we don't have to have this image management what you talked yeah. about because god has deemed us as this and we can trust him in that and allow that to be our motivation yeah. for what we do so there's a question that was submitted before we get to kind of the wrapping up okay. uh, application of this um someone actually asked a question if you could clarify from this weekend yeah because um, there was a moment in which you began uh kind of talking about some of the wins almost some of the positive things you've seen out of give out of uh, give over get in generations mm-hmm. and someone's asking you know can you clarify the difference between celebrating a win and drawing attention to oneself mm. yeah and i love that question we actually had that some of that an abbreviated conversation after after service mm. and this is uh just to step back to the macro for a second yeah. and cultural form like and formation of a culture um, what you celebrate is is what you reproduce and what you call people to. And so we want to celebrate um, a lifestyle and a, the character and priorities yeah. that are moving towards more Christ-likeness. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between, like I said, celebrating that and pointing to self as look at how how good I am. And so what I would say is, when you celebrate the win of the community, you mm. level the playing field and you're inviting and inspiring others to be a part of that. Yeah. What Jesus is specifically critiquing, if we go back to the passage, is what he's saying is, you know, when you're giving to the poor, drawing your attention and saying, look at how great I am. Mm. When we celebrate the kind of the culture that we're aspiring to, what we're not doing is just simply celebrating the culture that we're aspiring to. We're saying, guys, this is what it looks like to be more like Jesus. Mm. And so we almost redirect and we're saying, not look at us, but we're trying to look to Jesus and we're trying yeah. to emulate Jesus. We're trying to embody Jesus. And so it's it's a subtle shift and it's very nuanced mm. to say, look at how great I am versus Look at what Jesus is doing in me. That's produced a change. Yeah. To even say, you can even say something as simple as, "Man, this is not something I would have chosen to do two weeks ago." But because I'm sensing God calling me, like I made this tangible change. Yeah. And and again, those are things we want to highlight because again, we're not perfect. Yeah. Now we're not going to be perfect, but we can aspire to a level of Christ likeness, and we can show that other people are following Jesus over the long haul, which means things will change. And we can look back and we can highlight 
some of the, some of that tangible change. And the, this, the specific question, I, I kind of know where, where it comes from, is it was like, okay, through the lens specifically of like social media. Yeah. Because, again, specifically for entrepreneurs, people who run their own business, yeah. there, are just, there are just some dog days. There are some days where it's hard, when it's difficult, when you've got a lot of rejection. Yeah. And so it's like, man, like here's something we're celebrating. Here's, here's one Here's one good thing. And I think there's a difference. Yeah. There's, and again, it's a, it's a subtle difference from calling out and saying, look, this is, this is one good thing versus yeah. look at me how, how great I am. And again, it's, it, there's, a, there's a difference between calling attention to oneself mm. for the sake of look at me. Yeah. This is how great I am. This is what I did versus, man, I, I, there's a posture of gratitude and humility of saying, hey, I've seen this change in my own life. I've seen some of these successes, but it's it's not my own creative imagination that's produced this. It's yeah. through the encouragement of others, through the through the wisdom of others, through yeah. um, through God's work in my life. And so again, it, it's it's a small shift of directing an attention to oneself. And and again, the the passage was, you know, the Pharisees, which was like, look at all my external works Mm. with no internal change. Gotcha. And that's the other, that's the other piece is when it's all, look at all my external works, but then you step off the camera Mm -hmm. outside the social media realm and you go, yeah, this person says this online that they say they make all these choices. But there's an inconsistency there between gotcha. what someone presents and what someone actually what someone actually is. And that's that's ultimately what Jesus is critiquing is is the the appearance of righteousness, the appearance of really good things versus the yeah. someone who actually is that having the actual character of I give because I've received, you know, because of my right relationship with God. I'm generous. Because God has been so generous to me, not look at me how generous I am because yeah. of how awesome I am. I love it. And to kind of wrap up this um, teaching that you did this past Sunday uh, around the characteristic of give over get, you concluded by highlighting this little I will statement at the mm-hmm. bottom of our teaching notes that we have each week where it says, from this message, I will dot, dot, dot. And you emphasize this and you encouraged Everyone in the room, you said to identify two things to, well, one or the other, more yes. or less. It was more or less to identify either your intention mm-hmm. or your reluctance. So I'm going to pitch this to you. Uh, what is your, like, what was your hope behind this? Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what is doing, like making this identification, what does it enable us to do? Yeah. Well, first, give over get in every aspect of life. I'm, I'm just going to say it. It's hard. Yeah. There will be barriers and it'll be difficult. And I'm actually, I'm really excited the next three weeks as we specifically talk about relationship, time, uh, finances, uh, serving, Mm. and some of those little bit aspects, you know, we'll talk about again, serving relationships and finances, specifically how give over get intersects Mm. those specific areas of your life. Because I just know that as I talk about give over get in relationships, there's going to be some people yeah. who says, no way, there, there's no way. Well, that, that's a barrier. And I, I want them to identify that. And I know that, that, know that that's coming because here's, yeah. here's the thing. 
is I'm not going to be able to be persuasive enough. I'm not going to be able to be logical enough. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be able to be you know emotive enough, you know, and, and pull on those heartstrings enough to get them to break through that barrier. Um, I, I'm not going to be able to do that. What we will be able to do is if they're able to identify that, and as we teach through God's word, you know, between you and I, and say, guys, yeah. this is what God's word says, and this is what Jesus calls us to. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe his word will do the work specifically in those areas. But when we can identify an improper motivation or even identify a reluctance, yeah. we're, we're able to, to turn that over to God, mm. specifically in all these areas. So whether it's relationships, whether it's serving of, hey, hey, I, I don't have time for that. You know, I've got my own schedule. I've got my own busyness. And, you know, yeah. calling people to say, yeah, your your life might be busy, but is is that is that the best use of your time? And not because we're saying we want you to 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 do more church activities, yeah. but we're we want to point people to saying you've got people in your life who you can begin investing in for yeah. the sake of uh, a Jesus, but you've got no time for them mm-hmm. right now based on your schedule. Um, the same thing is true in finances. I just know when we get to that conversation, there that just Hey, don't talk about my money. That's my personal. That's that's my budget. Or I don't have a budget, so I don't even know how to. I don't even know how. I don't even know how to give more because I don't even know what the state of my finances is. Yeah. So, so as we talk about specifically in some of those areas, I just know that we all have just the nature of our heart is we all tend to have areas where we're like, yeah, God, work in my life, but <laughs> but just not that area. Yeah. So what I'm hoping is through the identifying that. Mm. As we can begin the process of maybe not closing off that area of our heart, of maybe not closing off yeah. uh, that area of our life. And actually, when we say, maybe I will identify this or I will open myself to that, actually be able to experience some transformation, actually be able to open ourselves to experience some of that, that, that peace and that joy and that hope that we have talked about that comes in connection with knowing and following Jesus. So I'm I'm really excited for that in the in the next couple of weeks. So I want again us to not just be information based. I really want us mm-hmm. to pursue transformation. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, they they say if you're not willing to admit the problem or identify it, yeah. you're not gonna be able to to get the solution. So we started this week moving towards that. Let's let's identify some of those barriers specifically as we talk about uh, relationships, serving, and finances over the next couple of weeks. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Please subscribe. Also, we'd love for you to share this podcast and our other social media with your family and friends. This will be a great way to hear our weekly teaching and additional conversations we're having around Generations Church. Thanks for joining us.